Hi, everyone, and welcome. I'm so happy you are joining me today because I have an amazing guest on. My guest today is Melinda McLaughlin, and she is the newest member of my team. I'm super excited to bring her on just to have that cohesive, awesome, kick-ass team to help people. And she is a functional diagnostic nutrition nutritionist in process. She's almost done. She's this close. And she has a ton of other degrees. She has been in this field because of her own health journeys and health struggles. Like we said in the title, 48 different doctors to find an answer. Because of her own health struggles, she has dove into this whole area of health and functional nutrition and mind-body connection. So I'm going to let her speak. So Melinda, thank you so much for your time today, jumping on. Can you tell everybody a little bit about you? Sure. Um, well, I started on this journey because of my own health problems um, that kind of, as far as I knew, came out of nowhere. Um, as I learned more, I learned that they came out of from a long process. So, um, <laughs> but um, I... Through that journey, I knew that there was some reason that I was going through it, and it wasn't just to heal myself. It was to help other people, too, so they wouldn't have to go through 48 doctors like I did. So, yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah. that's how I ended up here. And um, so I'm, I'm a, I got certified in mind-body nutrition and eating psychology mm -hmm. and um, a component of mine uh, with the things that happened to me. And um, then I wanted to further coach and knew that nutrition was just a part of it. And um, so I became certified human potential coach so that I could address all aspects of a person from, you know, the spiritual aspects to the psychological, um, the success and growth development, as well as nutrition and biohacking. And all of those components are so important. You know, I mean, if you, if you don't, if you just fix the medical side, you just fix the body, but you're not fixing the mind, it, it right. just doesn't work because people have such limiting beliefs. So I, I'm fascinated that you went into all those areas and that you have that kind of experience and certification in all those areas. I mean, that really brings kind of a full package to the table for people that are needing help. Well, I hope so. That was my goal. I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm a seeker, I'm a researcher, and I always want to know well, what else can I use? What other tool can I add to help people? And the more, you, you know, you can't just talk about food in a vacuum. And um, so many, you know, diet programs, they just say, oh, you just need to change your food. Mm -hmm. And food is never the problem. <laughs> it's never the problem. It's no. just a component of all the different things that go into it. And you know, the pain to purpose story, I, I agree with you that I, we can't just focus on food. You cannot just change your diet and heal your body. It's a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the only piece. So anybody that tells you just eat this way and all will be well, they're lying to you. Um, yes. But yeah, totally. But yeah, I, I think it's the pain to purpose story for all of us. Anyone in this healing space, we mm -hmm. all have our own backstory. Now, 
my story with you is we're in a, a mastermind group together, a business group together, and and we met just to do homework. And you said to me, <laughs> I saw 48 doctors. I'm like, excuse me, was that a four followed by an eight? No, you just meant to say eight, right? <laughs> like, no, I saw 48 doctors. So we started sharing stories. We connected. I'm so excited to have you as a member of my team. So can you tell people, because I know they're out there, that have been from doctor to doctor, kind of just compress those 48 and tell us about that journey. And what was the end answer? Like, how did you finally get all the answers to start on your own healing journey? Well, you know, it was lengthy. It was lengthy. Um, and, you know, I started out just as most people do, you know, with your GP, your general practitioner. And I went to that. Am I echoing? No, you're not bad. Okay. And I I went to them and, you know, it was like, I'm, I'm gaining weight. I, I'm really tired. You know, I just very, you know, not really symptoms of anything, but symptoms of everything. Yep. So they, of course, didn't know. They said, bring me a food journal. You know, you need to sleep more. You know, no help. So I kind of changed things a little bit. I already ate really well. I was, a, you know, I exercised. I had a trainer, that, you know, but nothing was working. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to try something else. So I simply just pushed forward. I would go to another specialist and say, okay, here's what I need. And here's, here's what I'm, can you help me? And they would run tests and say, well, you're normal. There's nothing wrong with you. And I'd say, okay, where else can I go? Like, what else will you, you know? And sometimes they would give me an answer and sometimes they wouldn't. So a lot of times the next specialist I went to was based on my own research, like a question. And how can I find, who can help me figure this out? And I finally came across a, a doctor that would run tests for me. And he was, you know, he used to be a gynecologist. He now is kind of functional medicine and, um, you know, close to retirement. And he was just very helpful. And he, along with the chiropractor in his practice, actually helped guide me a little bit and, um, you know, helped me clean out a lot of heavy metals and, you know, <laughs> send me to a holistic dentist and it, there was just so many things and people I ran across really that uh, including one uh, gynecologist who said you should just get pregnant that will reset your hormones and then that should do it and I said that'll definitely do it <laughs> but <laughs> I said are you going to raise that baby classic he, that's great he, right he said well no and I said because I obviously am in no condition to do that so your suggestion is really going to create more of a job for you so that's completely irresponsible I I, I don't know why you're still in practice and I walked out <laughs> so yeah, yeah that was my best one that's a good one I like that yeah yeah, yeah. and would you even have a healthy baby or a healthy pregnancy. Like he didn't even think that through. Like how do you no. tell a sick woman to get pregnant and expect that baby to 
survive and thrive. Yeah, I, I probably, I mean, I, I couldn't have even, you know, carried a baby to full term, you know, because my body was so out of whack. Um, but for him to even suggest that, I was just like, are you kidding? Like, how, how you know, godlike of you, yeah. <laughs> you know, truly, which is kind of what you run into after you see that many doctors. So absolutely. And I mean, so many people are resonating with you right now. And of course, we see you like this. I met you like this, like beautiful and healthy and glowing and you're all good. But you were sharing with me that, I mean, there are days where you couldn't get out of bed and you just were non-functioning. Yes, yes. Um, and I would just kind of, my stomach always hurt. Um, you know, I did food, never agreed with me. I um, probably the, the thing that pushed me over the edge was that I gained a hundred pounds in three months. So just about 30 pounds a month for three months in a row. And I was like, something, somebody has to help me. You can't even gain that if you tried. Like if you went on like an Oreo, right. you know, cookie, pretzel, mm -hmm. pizza binge, yeah. you yeah. couldn't even, I couldn't even make myself gain that. No, you would, you could eat 24 seven and not gain that. Yet I was still asked for a food journal every time because they didn't believe that I didn't do that to myself, which doesn't even make sense. No, yeah, it doesn't even make sense. And, and shame on them. They should know that the body doesn't lay down weight like that. Right. That's not how it right. works. Let's go back to the medical textbook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So mm -hmm. I don't even know what my first question or my, my next question is for you, but I, I, I guess the things, so many thoughts come up in my mind. First of all, with the weight. All right, let's start there because I, I guarantee people are listening and going, I don't know what I would do. So what do you even, I mean, what, do you, what eventually started turning the weight around and helping you lose? Well, the first thing you do is you cry a lot in your closet. That's yeah. the first thing. Yeah. Um, then you just keep searching because you have, there has to be an answer. That's the only thing I knew to do. And so I eventually found a doctor who had a staff of specialists basically and could put pieces together. And I was in his office for an entire week, five days for eight hours a day for him to figure everything out and start me on the healing journey. But to get to him took over a year. Mm -hmm. So I was in, I mean, when people say desperation, like I know desperation, I would have done anything anything he said you know that made some sense because i would heard a lot of things that didn't so um so for him to kind of put pieces together and actually say oh wait you're not crazy like of course that's how you feel because of this and put these pieces together that started to make sense that no one else had ever put together and he spent time with you. He did. Like a normal yeah. conventional medicine doctor. No, no. He he spent a lot of time. He he cost a lot of money <laughs> for that time. Uh -huh. But it was worth it because his 
plan worked. Um, and, you know, and he would tell you today that it worked because I did his plan. You know, I was a like stickler for following through and, you know, the supplements that I, I mean, and I took a boatload of supplements, you know, it was a very balanced between nutrition and, um, you know, some medical, it, it, both, but mostly very heavy on the nutritional side. To, to clean things up and um, and you know I was just very strict with it you know he said you have, you have a gluten allergy no one had ever heard of a gluten allergy mm-hmm. my family didn't know what it was you know now everyone thought it was like a diet choice yeah and there was nothing available no gluten free this or that I mean at all so right. it's easier today yeah lots easier today. So I didn't go out to eat for over a year because no one understood what it was. And I was afraid it would, I would just end up in the bathroom. So be miserable anyway. So it, um, so it was very precise is yeah. I just had to be. Yeah. I'm going to, you made a, a couple of good points there that I'm going to pause you and, and, and come back to. So number one, and I say this all the time, You need to find somebody that's going to spend time with you. B, Mm -hmm. it might cost you out of pocket because insurance companies, no insurance company in the world would have paid for you to go to his office for eight hours a day, five days in a row. There, there No insurance company in the world would pay for you to go to his office one day for more than seven minutes. I mean, I'm sorry, you're going to have, and there Mm -hmm. is a supplemental piece because supplements do contain the right ones. Mm-hmm. by the right company used in the right combination with the right person can produce miraculous results. So I think those, I just wanted to circle back because I give that message to people all the time. Listen, if you are stuck in the conventional merry-go-round of medicine, mm-hmm. you might have to step out of your comfort zone. You might have to pay out of pocket a little bit, but you're going to get the answers instead of continuing in the cycle. I mean, just think if you wouldn't have broken out of the conventional medicine system, you might still be a hundred pounds overweight and you right. might not be here today talking to us fully, right. a fully functioning human being. And oh, yeah, yeah, I just think that that's so important for people to know. That, yeah, that, and I also knew that it wasn't going to be a quick fix. You know, my body had not gotten to that point overnight. So it wasn't like he was going to give me a pill and everything was going to be rosy the next day. You know, I was actually, he put me on a year of bed rest, a year. Wow. When he said that to me, I said, no, I'm sorry. You don't, I can't stop for a year. What do you mean? And he said, well, you don't have to stop, but it's going to take double, you know, either twice as long at minimum than what it would take if you just take care of it. So what did you do? Did you do the year of bed rest? So I stopped because I was so miserable and felt so bad. I was so depleted and I hadn't been able to sleep and he said, you know, you're going to probably sleep about 16 hours a day. I said, there's no way I can't sleep. He was right for about the first probably two and a half months. I slept 16 hours a day. Wow. 
That's unbelievable. And and listen, I know a lot of people are listening going, but I can't do that. I can't do that. Okay, it might just take you a little bit longer. I mean, you did you had a choice and you chose, listen, I I want this sooner than later, so I'm going to do what I need to do. Right. But yeah, I, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And so most of the listeners are obviously thyroid patients or people that they don't know if they have a thyroid problem or not, they're looking to be diagnosed. But your problem wasn't just thyroid. And your story is one of those that I, I try to circle back to in my messaging to people in that sometimes it's not just thyroid. Yes, we want to optimize your thyroid, but there are so many other components to it that if you're not feeling better on your thyroid medication, yeah, it might be that you're on T4 only and you have a couple of conversion issues, but it might not even be that. It might be all these other things over here, like the gut and heavy metals and mold and, and Epstein-Barr virus and Lyme and co-infections and everything that you dealt with, that, yeah. that was driving you to feel like ass, not just the hypothyroid Hashimoto's. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's you know, the thyroid was just like one component. And I have people ask me all the time, well, what was your diagnosis? And I said, I don't, there's not like a diagnosis code for that. You know, yeah. it's, it's like so many components of things that there's not a name. Like you can't say, oh, I had cancer or I have diabetes or I have whatever. It's not like that. It's a lot of things. So you kind of have to work everything together because the thyroid is just, you know, it's the master gland. It, it controls a lot of things, but it has to have like all the support. Yep. So, and that's where lifestyle comes in. That's where, you know, you know, nutritional support. There's so many things that come in, you know, go into supporting that, that then support the rest of the body too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's not just one piece of the puzzle. It's a big piece, but it's not, it's not the only piece. And yeah, yeah, your diagnosis was the perfect storm. Yes. I I think that's going to be in a medical textbook someday. It's it's the perfect storm, Melinda. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it should be, I should have my own code. You should have your own code. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. A whole bunch of different things all going on at the same time. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. So now how did you, you, were you living a pretty healthy lifestyle before that? Was it a major change to like food and sleep and working out or was it just a little minor shift? You know, I had, I was very lucky in that my mom, um, she was on the nutrition and, you know, no toxins bandwagon from the time I was little when people thought we were weird, you know, like we weren't allowed to eat sugar cereal and we, you know, we had protein shakes when they tasted really disgusting, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. So, um, so we were lucky in that sense. Uh, so I had always lived relatively healthy lifestyle. You know, I had, I was a, you know, I went to the gym. I, I had a trainer, but I couldn't put on muscle. I couldn't get rid of anything. Um, so it was like a treadmill that you never got off of, but you also never got any results. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I ate very in a, in a very healthy manner I didn't you know because number one food there was a lot of food that hurt my stomach so it eliminated that 
Um, and at the same time, I didn't want to eat a bunch because my stomach always hurt. So, um, so it was, they were really just small tweaks. The sleep was a lot of a, of a change because I couldn't sleep before. Um, and, um, and then, but as far as like the exercise, I actually had to back off of the amount of exercise that I did, um, because they restricted how high my heart rate went. Okay. So there's, (laughs) there's, there's nothing like going to the gym when you cannot get your heart rate above a hundred. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah. And so, do you know how slow that is on a treadmill? It's really slow. Yeah. And so people look at you like you're almost disabled or like there's something, but they can't, they, but they see you, but they can't figure out what's wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's very, so you get all these strange looks of what's up with her because you're walking slower than anyone else. Right. Yeah. But that's all I, that's, I had to, that's what I had to do. And I swore, I thought it's not, nothing's going to work that, but that's what helped. And so little by little, I was able to increase it, but yeah, so I actually had to back off what I was doing. Oh my gosh, that would be hell. I mean, it's one thing, you know, I tell people don't, if you are suffering with a thyroid condition and let's say there's the adrenals involved and your cortisol is all dysregulated. Yeah. You might have to back off on doing CrossFit six days a week. And I'm not a fan of cardio. I think cardio sucks. Running is stupid. So I say that all the time. So, I mean, there's, there's that point of backing off, but Mm -hmm. to back off as much as you did. Oh my goodness. That had to have killed you mentally. Yeah, it was maddening because I had, you know, I wore like, you know, the heart monitor, the whole thing, even like lifting weights. So working with my trainer, like it would have to be really slow. And then if it got up, we would have to wait a minute. I'm like, it was so frustrating because I'm like, how is this ever going to work? Because our mentality is so much like push, push, push more, more, more. But it did. It was yeah. very counterintuitive. Very counterintuitive. Oh, yeah. When you're a type A driver, that's like a yeah. death sentence. Like, you might as well just put me in a straitjacket because I'm going to lose I'm going to lose my mind at some point. And, yeah. and, that, and that's hard. But that, that just shows, though, that this is not well, it's not just a disease of women. It hits women more. But it's not just a, a disease of women. It's not just a, a disease of slower people you're not lazy if you have hypothyroidism you're not lazy if you feel like shit you're not lazy if you are on the couch and you're like i just can't get up it's not you there could be actually something going on so you had that type a driver mind you wanted to go but your body was literally saying no and well then your doctor was saying no because we need to heal your body but your body shut down first your body was like "Mm -mm, nope sorry Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just like I should. that's right. I I drove it all the way over the edge, is what happened because of that. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. You know, I had a business. I ran. It was successful. I was busy all the time. I never stopped. You know, I and I, I enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. so, it, but my body just went like, oh, we're throwing up the white flag. Like, can't do it anymore. So. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine. Yeah. So 
about how long then? I know your doctor said a year, but how long before you started to see the light and started to really see things shift? You know, it it did not take long because, you know, even after about a month, I started, I was still exhausted, but my stomach felt better, you know? So, because I quit, he said, no more gluten. I'm like, done. And that's the last day I ever had it. Like never went back. So that made an immediate difference. And so I could feel that. And I'm like, hmm, is this going to last? Like this, this is simple. You know, this couldn't. But yeah, simple. So you did it back when we didn't have the gluten-free crutches. <laughs> I still to this day have people say, this gluten-free thing is hard. Like, wait, no, it's not. You have no. gluten-free crutches in the grocery store for when you're starting out. You didn't. You literally had to stop going out to eat and make your own food. Go figure. Right. And no bread. There's no bread. There's no, you know, pancake mixes. There's no, you know, gluten-free donut holes and all. You can buy everything gluten-free now. You know, there's yeah. nothing. Nothing. So you just, you know, it was meat and vegetables and that was pretty much it. Meat and vegetables and a few berries. A few berries, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I could have blueberries and strawberries, you know, one serving a day. Right, just to keep the sugar low. Right, because you were insulin resistant as well, weren't you? Yep, yep. No, no grains, none at all. Right. And so, yeah. So it was a very bland diet, but I didn't care because I'm like, it's something is. I'm feeling at least better. My stomach doesn't hurt. I'm still tired, but that's okay. That's an improvement, you know. So it's like I continually, I continuously saw improvements. And that kept me going. That's so, it. Yeah, you need those little glimmers of light. So even when I'm working with patients and they say, well, you know, I, I, I always use the example, I only lost two pounds this month. I go, mm -hmm. only? Well, you were gaining before, or maybe right. I didn't lose any weight the first couple of months, but, yeah. but, their clothes are fitting a little better and their energy's better and they're not, they're actually pooping every day. They're not constipated. That's right. a win. So those yes. little wins are what keep you going. It's, that's always what it is. You know, it, um, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the, the consistency and the persistence that we have, those are almost more important than doing all the things all the time. You know, if you can consistently do just two or three things differently, like you will see results. But doing anything haphazardly, even if it's 10 things, it's like, you know, just shooting at a dartboard. Like you don't know where anything is going to land or what's working. So, I like that. I really like that. Yeah, doing, doing 10 things haphazardly is worse than doing two things consistently. Right. Right. And I totally agree. I'm glad you gave that message. Yeah. It's, it's really, you know, consistency is really the, I don't know, that, that to me is the most important thing because even if I didn't have the energy to do every single thing every day, like there were five things that I always did. Mm -hmm. You know, I always took my supplements. 
I always, you know, ate exactly what I was supposed to eat. And, you know, I always stayed under the heart rate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. you know, there were five things that I always did, even if they were hard. And then as I felt better, I could add something, you know, so it's, it's not overwhelming. And for a type A, you want to do everything all the time, but you're so tired that you're like, okay, well, five things, that'll be all right. Right. (laughs) Today, you know. And I didn't know that by bringing you on that I would inadvertently be kind of calling some of my patients to the carpet and you know who you are, but listen to this, listen to this. And I think this is a message that, that you and I give our patients continuously, but sometimes it helps to hear from somebody else that these things take time. It is a journey and you got, you have to be consistent with a couple things. Otherwise you can't say, well, this isn't working because you weren't consistent. If you're consistent and you're actually doing, even if it is two things and then two weeks from now, you'll do another two things consistently. You're at least doing them. So like you said, you know what's working and what is it? Right. Right. Because if you, you know, it's, it's also the reason you can't start 10 things all at once. Right. You know, because everyone wants, well, I want all the fixes like right now. Yeah. But then you'll never know what's really working and what's not. And then you're doing something that's a lot of effort. That's not really giving you much benefit. Yep. Exactly. Now, do you find when you're working with clients that it's kind of like peeling an onion, like you start with the obvious, and then, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do those changes. Like, let's do the obvious before we get into the more narrow, those detailed, like, functional tests and all that. Let's just start with the obvious. Like, how do you, what do you, how do you picture that? How do you kind of tackle that? Well, you know, kind of the philosophy that I go by is the over, you're, you want to treat the overall, you know, the body as a whole. So instead of, you know, just like hand picking symptoms here and there and chasing those like a regular doctor, you know, you, you want to support the body as a whole. So, um, so typically, you know, I don't ever want to attack more than like two major concerns at the most. Mm -hmm. And most people like I did, you know, I had a list of things that were wrong. Um, but if you can, tackle two things and kind of get those on the right track, yep. then you can add another one. Otherwise it's again, you know, you're like shooting in the dark. Yeah. So yeah, you're doing so many different things at one time, you know, and that right. even goes for testing. So the one thing I, I love about Melinda and that's why I brought her on to my team is you are a functional, you're close to being a functional mm-hmm. diagnostic nutritionist. That right. means you can read labs. That yes. means you can order functional labs. Yes. So it would yes. be very easy for you to be like, let's do this and this and order this for you. And we'll check your gut. We'll check your adrenals. We'll check for mold. And we'll check for heavy metals. And we'll check for this and yeah. Epstein. And, but it's just so much. So even coming from yes. you who, who looks at these kinds of labs, mm-hmm. we only do think we chip away, chip away right. at it. Right. You know, there are, there are always you know, some foundational labs that can be run. Mm-hmm. They can tell you a lot of things. Yeah. But even that isn't necessary all the time because sometimes there are things that present as very obvious that are just lifestyle factors. Mm-hmm. You know, that they, they, you know that if we start changing these things, 
then that's going to help. And then maybe we do the labs to see where we go next a little more specifically. So yeah. it's not always just, oh, let's do everything all at once. And so, yeah. it, you know, we so, kind of, depending on the person. Right. Depending on yeah. the person. Yeah. I mean, some right. people can handle everything at once, but it, it's rare. It gets overwhelming for us too, because then we're like, well, what of what we, of the 20 things that we just did work. So <laughs> then it becomes, right. yeah. Confusing for right. us too as the practitioner. Right. So, yeah. 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 Cause you, you don't. And it, things, one thing, you know, this could be a perfect protocol for one person and it works just beautifully, but then on the next person may not work at all. So there's just not yeah. a standard that you can just kind of blanketly hand out. So even so many nuggets. I don't even know that you're doing it, but that you know that you're doing it, but th that no. nugget right there is there are no cookie cutter plans. You can't take what Susie Q is doing or the, the before and after on Instagram that you're like, I'm going to look like her and, and implement it in your life and think it's going to work because you are a unique individual. Mm -hmm. It has to be personalized. Any plan has right. to be personalized, even down to, to food. Has right. to be personalized. Right. I mean, you know, because one person's sensitivity to one thing may not affect you at all, or you may not know that it affects you like for instance like i came up with a they tested me you know for food sensitivities when they found the gluten well they also found out well i had an allergy to tomatoes i'm like huh well i didn't know that i just knew i didn't like them oh, okay so i had another food that it was the same way i'm like you know what i just thought i didn't like that or i just didn't feel good when i ate it and it came out oh well i have a sensitivity to it so there were certain things then that they're not going to, you know, not going to work for me because mm -hmm. of this. So it's, yep. you, it's always individual. Everything's individual. Always, always, always. Now what you mentioned, sometimes it's just that one lifestyle factor mm -hmm. that needs to be addressed in working with people. Do you, is, is there one that kind of stands out that you see continuously repeat itself as like, everyone's doing this wrong or needs to change this over here. <laughs> it's, pro it's probably sleep. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is the same one I struggle with myself. So I can call myself out on it too. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard. It's very hard to get enough sleep yeah. and to get the, get it at the right time. Mm -hmm. You know, what I, is the right time? Cause people are going to be asking that. Right. Well, the, you get, the best sleep is from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. But it, for every hour before midnight, it's like getting double. So mm -hmm. if you get sleep from 10 to 12, it's like getting four hours of sleep, like restorative sleep. Mm -hmm. So um, so I struggle with getting in bed by 10 o'clock, even though I know that that's like prime sleep, that mm -hmm. I'm a night owl and I fight my you know, my natural tendency, if I'm up at 11, it's all over. Like I'm 11 to two, I'm on fire. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but there are a lot of people that struggle with sleep because either they can't go to sleep or they go to sleep and they wake up in the night and then they are up for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. So they just are not getting enough sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when, so, when you're talking about the people that wake up in the middle of the night, 
I yeah. find it's usually blood sugar issues mm -hmm. or liver dysfunction. Is there anything else that you see when working with people? No, those are typically the two that I see. Blood sugar a lot of times. That that tends to be it a lot of times. Um, and people don't realize that that is a blood sugar function. Um, a lot of times, too, it's an easy correction. Yeah, it is. You know, very easy correction. And it makes such a difference. It does. It makes a huge difference because most people are insulin resistant anyways. So right. when you get them off of that blood sugar glucose roller coaster, mm -hmm. they start to sleep because their body's not waking them up in the middle of the night saying, hey, why don't you go eat? Because your blood sugar just crashed because, oh, it was too high during the day. Right, right. Oh, and we're about to have to make cortisol to wake you up, you know, so you're riding that roller coaster too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with everything working together. And so they're like, oh, well, it's time for you to get up. Oh, whoops, wrong. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never, never mind. We'll just let you be up for a couple hours and then we'll try again. Exactly. So, yeah. No, I'm glad you brought up sleep because I don't think it gets the love that it, that it should. Um, right. I don't give it the love that it should. Just it's one of those topics. I think we should probably have a podcast in and of itself on sleep. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's so important. And I think I don't give it the love because I'm guilty of it too. I go to bed early enough. But I'm one, I, I have to take something to sleep. So mm -hmm. it either has to be high dose melatonin paired up mm -hmm. with Designs for Health Insomnitol. I've been thinking of trying the melatonin suppositories that Ben Greenfield was talking about. So that's on my list of things to try because they're super, they're like 250 milligrams. But I have to take something to sleep. So I have to kind of push myself into the sleep. And then after I'm there, I'm fine. Because my blood sugar is good, I, you know, I'm I'm golden in that area, but it's the getting right. to sleep thing. Yeah, and I used to have both problems going to sleep, but then I would wake up as mm -hmm. well, not knowing anything about that it could be a blood sugar issue. And in fact, no doctor ever told me that. I learned right. it myself. So. Yeah, yeah, forty-eight different doctors. Oh my goodness! So. Before I let you go, tell us, well, you told us your worst experience. That was the one that you told you to have a baby. Uh, so, <laughs> so I guess the, the question would be, what would you tell people? Because most people, you know, would have stopped at doctor number two, doctor number 20. They would have been like, you know what? Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just all left up and I should just stop and trust what I'm hearing from all these doctors that say, you're just getting older. I should write my food down, exercise mm -hmm. more. So what would you tell people who are trying and they're searching and they keep plugging away? The first thing would be to trust yourself. You know you're not wrong. And to keep because someone will listen to you. You just have to find the right person. So, so it's, it's hard, but there are people that want to help you. Yeah. You know, you yeah. just have to keep asking the questions and, yeah. and, and keep, and now it's so much easier because you have so many resources online. It's almost hard to distinguish who has the right information, but I just kept asking. 
a doctor can help me. Do you know someone who can? Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Maybe, maybe no, but someone was going to, I just, you just have to be persistent and stand in the knowledge that you know your body and you mm -hmm. know when something is off and someone is going to listen. You just have to get to the right person. Yeah. Very well said. Very well said. Now, do you still get emotional when you talk about your journey? I hear so often from patients like, why didn't anyone tell me this before? I mean, does that still kind of like, you know, get to you or have you moved far enough past it? You know, I, my own journey, I don't um, get too worked up about anymore because I think while I was in it, even I just knew that it was for some greater purpose. Like mm -hmm. there had to be a reason why I was going through this. I, I don't know how I knew that. I just kind of knew it. Um, and I also knew that I wasn't going to stop till I found an answer. Mm -hmm. So um, some might call that stubborn. I call it persistent. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, um, so I just didn't worry about what anyone else thought I was going to find my answer. I get more emotional when I see other people who give up or who don't have any type of support or they just don't know what else to do mm -hmm. because that really will rub me up. And I'm like, you, you can find someone, you know, you can say those things to your doctor or a doctor, you know, they are not on a pedestal. They're the same as you. They just have two letters after their name. That's it. That's you it. can put two letters after your name too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Exactly. HP, heal the patient. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. If you keep going. Oh, that's so, that's just so beautifully well said. And, and that's, that's why you do what you do. And yeah. that's why we're, we're going to be launching very, very soon. Very, very soon. I mean, really within the next week, we're going to be opening the, the doors to a total thyroid and hormone transformation program that you will see Melinda every single week and she will be live and she will listen to you and I'll be there with her and we'll be teaching and answering questions and all those details will be released very, very soon. But I'm, I'm just so happy and so blessed that you're bringing your knowledge and your experience to the table to help my listeners, to help my people, to help my patients, to help everybody that's going to be joining on, joining us in the group program. So I'm just, I'm, I'm real, I'm serious. I'm just beyond blessed. Uh, well, so am I, and I'm so excited. I can't wait to, you know, to, to learn um, more about the people who are going to be joining us in the group and how we can help and um, how we can help them heal. So that's just exciting. So I'm, I'm ready to go. That's what it's all about. So everyone, you'll be seeing much more of Melinda. She'll be popping in into the Facebook lives and into the podcast. You'll be seeing much more of her, but we will be telling you about the group program where you can see her and I every week, which will be exciting yes. and we can help you heal. So Melinda, thank you so much for coming on and being vulnerable and sharing your story. I think people resonated with this left and right with so many different points. We did not plan this out at all. This just <laughs> flowed like water. This is just a beautiful flow. Um, so thank you so much for, for coming on today. Thanks for having me. It was a blast.
All right. So, Melinda, you stay on. And okay. I'm going to say goodbye to everybody else. And we will see you all next week at the regular time.